The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hey, it's Mooney from the Mooniverse, and welcome to the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast. I've taken the very best of what I've learned over the last decade of working in the spiritual industry, and now I'm bringing all the teachings, all the tools, all the resources, and all the stories to you in this podcast, where every week you'll meet a new spiritual entrepreneur who's out there doing what they love. They could be just starting out or finding big success, but I want you to connect to the stories and feel connected to the journey. I'll see you in the podcast. Hey everybody, it's Mooney and welcome to another episode of the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast, where we are talking about the journey of what it takes to really step into that flow, to share your gifts with the world, to start making money, doing what you love, and all the stuff that goes along with that. So today we are joined by Natalie. Welcome, Natalie. Hello, welcome. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So Natalie, one of the things that we are we're talking about is you know, we, we're going to definitely venture into where you've been and we're going to venture into where you want to go, but what's in front of you? Like, where are you right now on this journey or where are you right now? What's right in front of you? I would say that I'm at the, at the very beginning, um, of my journey. Hooray. Let's celebrate that. Yes, (laughs) definitely. I saw your class on the 21 days starting your business. And I said, Oh, I should try this. I want to see if this works. So I'm here now trying it out. (laughs) So how scary was that first step? Or I don't want to say scary. Let's erase that for a second. But like, how, what did that feel like to go from, okay, I I have this thing that maybe I want to try to, I'm just going to try it. Like, what was the catalyst for all of that? I would say that the way I viewed it is if I fail, I fail. You know, if I don't try, I'll maybe regret it. So just going out there and trying it, I think, to see what is what the niches are, what what it feels like to be out there, I think is a experience by itself. And I thought, you know what, I will try it out and see whatever it brings me. It's was for me, it's not about money. For me, it's just about trying it. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about what you've done, like your area of expertise or classes that you've taken, or how did you get to this point? Sure. Um, that started in 2019. I started my an animal Reiki class with Kathleen mm-hmm. Prasad. I'm not sure if you know Kathleen. And she showed me some Oracle cards and I said, wow, what are those? I always knew about Tarot. And that's when I started going down the rabbit hole of taking so many classes by the end of last year, I felt very cluttered and saying, wow, I'm taking too much. Where am I going with all of this information? And how can I condense it to something that I'm interested in? 
And that's where I was really starting to make lists and, and figuring, figuring that out. And you were helping me with the with your class. And so I'm kind of here now and uh, kind of condensed it down to my my journey. And it's really a personal journey for me, this whole journey. It's not just about helping other people, but it's also my journey too. I mean, I'm so glad that you said that because that I think is the part that everyone's, not everyone, but a lot of people could gloss over the fact that in the act of stepping into the spotlight, in the act of sharing mm-hmm. your gifts, that there's healing and there's positivity and there's things that are happening for you that sometimes you wouldn't even expect you would get that kind of feedback. You know, that there's there's something in the process of doing this that's magic for you, that is the cure, the tonic for whatever it is you were struggling with or something that was in a blind spot that you all of a sudden mm-hmm. saw in a new way. And it, it's in the act of doing it that you can reveal that and let it go, or you can transform it or you can change it. So what are some of the things maybe you've been surprised by through the process, even to this point that you weren't expecting? I think learning about myself and learning that opening up about yourself and telling others, other people, your experiences really brings back says, Oh, wow. I had the same experience. It really, um, opens up and I was never a very open person, but then I started opening up about my past and, you know, things that happened to me. And I'm like, oh, wow, I should have done that a long time ago and not just held it all in. And as you said, in your class, you know, we all have a story and it's true when you look at Colette Baron-Reach and Denise Lynn and all of them have a story why they got to where they're at. And I'm like, wow, that really is true. So we all have a story. And um, that's what I think I really learned from all of my classes is really self-development and learning about myself and um, where where we're going, where we're at. That was really the key for me taking these classes. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's the, with every step forward, it becomes, it feels better and better to share more and more of yourself. I think that's the, that's what I'm noticing is that, you kind of get into this pattern, right? It's it's mm-hmm. reforming a new neural pathway for you to like reward yourself for sharing and being vulnerable. And I think a lot of us for a long time learned that if we shared and we were vulnerable and we were our true, weird, wacky, wonderful, woo-woo <laughs> selves, that there's judgment that goes along with it. And so, you know, you you carry that that set of rules Absolutely. for a long time. And then when you get to a point where you can start letting those go, that's when the fun stuff starts to happen because you get to say something that you're like, am I the only one that feels this way? And then you say whatever it is. And then hundreds of people are like, me mm-hmm. too, I have that. Yes, that's exactly right. You know, so it's validating on so many levels to like be rewarded for sharing who you are and having mm-hmm. positive feedback and encouragement, which sometimes you need a community of people that think the way that you do mm-hmm. and want to see you succeed in order to like get the training wheels off so that you can start doing it in bigger and bigger ways. So Absolutely. tell me a little bit about prior to you coming into the 21 day challenge, like had you tried before to launch a business? Had it never really occurred to you? Is it something you always wanted to do? Like where was the concept of having a spiritually based business sure. in your mind prior to coming sure. on board? I still work full time. I've been working in in a big corporation for over 22 years and I love my job and you know it's paying my my retirement and you know I'm going to continue that until till I can retire early. So my viewpoint on my journey was really to go more the digital niche 
digital niche, sorry, and do it more virtually right now mm-hmm. and, and start slowly on that aspect to see where I go with that and learn YouTube and podcasting and kind of learn all of that and uh, use my some of my graphic design that I like and for for uh, my announcements on Facebook and so that's where I thought I would start with and you know down the road if it really becomes something I'll change it into an LLC so I can you know start getting payments in but for me it was really a trying the journey out and you know, trying your steps you know trying everybody else's that I've been learning in that hay house and all of the other uh, that I've been learning just to see does it work so I'm kind of like a guinea pig and saying, you know what, I'm going to try this with my own business experience and and um, and uh, experience to see if it will this work. Can I do it? And it's it's a great place to be because it sounds like you have like no expectations. Correct. You're not putting a huge amount of pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not make or break for you. You're not burning right. the boats or anything like that. People always talk about like quitting <laughs> your job and putting yes. yourself into an enormous amount of stress to get to the mm-hmm. success you're looking for. It is the softer, gentler approach to exploring this as an idea of what you could do. And this Absolutely. could be the beginning part of what could be a second career after you retire. Yeah. So there's Absolutely. there's definitely a lot of options that you have in front of you. And this is like when, I, you know, like, I, I think that I can feel my muscles relaxing mm-hmm. in my back when you're talking about this because you're giving yourself the safest, gentlest approach and you're, you're leaving a lot of room to be creative, it sounds like, mm-hmm. and a lot of room to just find out. One of the things that comes up a lot in in trying to do anything is trying to cultivate a success mindset, which really is like unwiring You know, failure equals bad. And rewiring it to failure equals I learned something, you know, and I'm sure somewhere in your classes that you've encountered that that process of of saying, okay, I it's not a failure if you learn something. It's not a failure if you grow. It's not a failure if you find out what you don't like. It's not a failure if you figure out what your audience wants or you get more more of an idea of like what direction to be going in. All of those things are positive, but sometimes they're like wrapped in what most people would assume is failure. Uh, but that doesn't sound like the the wavelength you're on at all, right? No, actually, I, I think, you know, what I've learned and, you know, read is sometimes it's also what people really want too. you know, yes, it's all about our passions. But if you truly want to make money, you also have to go look at trends and, and see what do people actually want and needs, you know, like Google Trends is great. You can go kind of do a search and say, hmm even though that may be what I really want. But if I want to make money in that, it may not be the best place to do that. So I think that's what I find fun too, a little bit about, you know, learning about the trends and uh, and all of that in the whole business scheme. I think it's, it's, it's kind of fun for me, honestly. <laughs> I always love, uh, I refer to that as opposition research, right? Market research, opposition mm-hmm. research, of just going out there and seeing what's out there and really helping identify and position yourself against those other established brands to see, am I niche? You know, do I offer a new perspective? Mm-hmm. Um, just for everybody who's listening, who may not be a- aware of what you're talking about, can you explain a little bit more about that process that, you know, that what you just talked about so that other people sure. can start employing that sure. as well? Mm-hmm. Sure. So. I read it. It was a blog. I, I can't remember her name. And she talks a lot about the, the coaching, what niches, you know, are really the trends right now. And it's, 
I, I don't have all of it in front of me either, but it's you can go under Google and their Google has a trends and you can put in a keyword and like say I want to say uh, search Feng Shui, a Feng Shui consultant, you know, what is that a really a searched term? And I found out really that's not, you know, and I not a much of a searching right now in Feng Shui, you know, and then not only that, the trends, but truly speaking to people, like I spoke to organizers and spoke to them. I said, mm, no, you know what? We really don't use that that much. People are not really coming to us to do a feng shui consultation. They want organization, you know, or they want this. So I think that we have to go out and speak to people that are in these markets that have been doing it for several years to say, does that work? So you're, you know, you can actually get experience from other people by just listening to them. I think it's really important. That's what I've been doing. Um, just reaching out to people and say, hey, does this, does this work? Have people been asking for this? So, you know, a little market research, I think, is needed in, in all of our businesses. Yeah. And if anything, it helps kind of hone some of your messaging. So Correct. what's interesting to me when you say the feng shui thing is it's definitely cyclical, right? So there's there's things that are hot in spirituality mm -hmm. in terms of Absolutely. the industry, and then there's things that cool down, like card decks are super hot right now. And so what yeah. the result of that is, is, is there's tons and tons and tons of card decks coming out to the point where the market's going to get flooded, and then it's going to cool down a little bit, and then something else might mm -hmm. take its its place. Yeah. But like, you know, I've been noticing those trends too. But what's interesting is if you're a feng shui consultant out there mm -hmm. and you're like, you know, getting a little <laughs> bit agitated listening to this. What's amazing about looking into these trends and looking into these analytics is mm -hmm. exactly that. If clutter clearing and organization is a hot topic, there's a way for you to blend what you do Absolutely. with the things that are exciting and then offer services that are based on the teachings of feng shui, Absolutely. but look like cluttering, you know, decluttering or look like organizing or any of the things that are, that are out there that people are doing. So there is no yes. right or wrong way. There is no topic of spirituality that's no longer hot. Sometimes it's Correct. just the angle at which you're looking at it, right? I, yes, absolutely. That is, that's really important to say. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying that Feng Shui is not there. I love Feng Shui and I, I do, do practice it in my home and do all of that. And absolutely every part of spirituality, there's always a little bit of a niche or layer in between that. And in the end, it, you have to do something that you're passionate about regardless mm -hmm if it's a trend or not. So I was just just looking at it more as a, you know, what, what areas are people interested in? I find interesting, but it doesn't mean it's, it's, it's gone. It's not being used, you know, um, and, and it'll come back eventually. Out. That's the beautiful part of it. Absolutely. So I'm curious to know then, since maybe you've looked at this more recently than I have, what is, what are some of the hotter trends in the spiritual market right now? from the last time you kind of did a deep dive. Goodness. Um, put wow. me on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you really, you really put me on the spot here. Um, you know, I didn't research all the different trends out there. As you said, the card market has exploded. And, you know, like me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I better go buy that other deck. I need that card deck. Yeah, collect um, all 753. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. And then when I come along and say, you got to get rid of some because I clutter clear and get rid of some of those the cards, <laughs> you know, and then you're bouncing back and forth between so the you're two. bouncing back and forth. <laughs> so, you know, I haven't really researched all of the different trends out there. I can't really speak to that because I have not done a, a huge amount of research. Like I think 
Um, you know, Reiki is a pretty, it's a wonderful system. And I, I'm a Reiki master. I think the majority of us are, and mm-hmm. it's a wonderful um, teaching and all of that, but you know, it's oversaturated, but you know, again, there's great masters out there. And you, again, you can use parts of that as a niche, you know, market, there's still always going to need Reiki and all, we're always going to need meditations and we're always going to need a Feng Shui person. So you're just going to have to, as you said, kind of pare it down like a little onion and say, okay, well, I'll do this part, you know? Well, and so think- the interesting part about this too is you said you're an animal communicator. Have you done any like- No, research- no I'm not an animal communicator. I, I was just doing animal Reiki. Animal Reiki. I'm sorry. Yeah. So animal animal Reiki, energy (laughs) healing, animal, animal Reiki, but part of that's communication, right? It's part of that's sensing. Kind of. Yes, exactly. Not in a nonverbal way, obviously, but like communicating with Mm -hmm. the animal based on the energy. So I'll, I'll let that one slide. But, uh, (laughs) you know, the question I guess I have is you're bringing up an interesting point because a lot of people who are just starting out, take a look at this industry and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, there's already a million animal Reiki practitioners. There's Correct. already thousands of yoga teachers. There's already so many, and you know, this and so many mm-hmm. psychics and mediums and intuitives and tarot readers and this and that. How am I ever going to be able to, to make a name for myself yeah. or get any attention? And and that's a that is one of those totally valid, totally appropriate questions to ask yourself when you're embarking on this journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the answer that I always give people is that, like, as you were saying, your story is going to be the thing that makes you unique. Mm-hmm. Your experience are going to make you unique. And where I've seen the trend go in the work that I'm seeing succeed mm-hmm. is that instead of just labeling yourself as one thing, because we've all taken, like you said, a million classes, yeah. you have tons of certifications, you've got tons of modalities, all the things are there that you've practiced, mm-hmm. plus your own life experiences, plus mm-hmm. your own experiences with spirit, plus the testimonials from clients, plus, 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 all of these things create this unique bubble around the thing that you want to be doing. And so you don't have to make yourself look like all the other energy healers that are out there. You really get to create your own process and your own experience that people can be attracted to by your story, by your personality, by your voice, by your, you know, how you, how you move through the internet on social media and stuff like that. So I guess what I'm curious about for you is how do you see yourself stepping into the industry or what is it that you provide or you offer, or you're currently thinking about, this is going to be how I want to, you know, exist in the industry. What's that look like for you right now? Again, I'm in an oversaturated market myself, you know, clutter clearing and organizing and, and doing feng shui. As I said, a lot of people are already doing it. I would say is, you know, finding our, creating our own story in some sense. And I think the only way to do that is to go out there and try it. And if, even if you're digital uh, or your, you know, friends, try to see what works, you know, and take it from there and then kind of build upon kind of those building blocks to see your experience, you know, oh, wow, this person really had a lot of, I'm just making up an example, um, I can't really, but anyway, just kind of building your own story from your experiences, Mm -hmm. from going out there and then taking it from there and seeing, you know, but it takes time. I mean, it's not something that just, I can't just do this overnight myself. I have to just go out there and and meet people and, and try it to create my own story myself. That's definitely true. I think that that's something that's at the very beginning part of this is trying to weave together your story, trying to find those salient points that are important stops along the journey so that 
your experience of discovering something, whether it's energy healing or uh, animal healing or pet healing or whatever it is, how that transformed your life or how it transformed the life of your pet so that you can connect with people in a big way. I think the other thing I'm really curious about and I want people to hear is, you know, right now, if I was a potential client, who's your ideal client? Who's the type of person that you want to be working with? Do they sign up for a reading? Is it a session with my my pet? You know, like what how, what are you trying to attract? Well, as I say, right now I'm not taking in any clients, a because I don't I'm not I don't have an LLC and I don't have mm-hmm. a, I don't have my business established. It will be family and friends that I will be doing this, or I'm doing it on a digital market as far as YouTube mm-hmm. or podcasting. Um, the ideal clients are probably going to be women. Most women are, you know, want to do clutter clearing and card readings. So probably my clientele will probably be a bigger market in the women with women than, you know, not to say I, I would love to have men clutter clear, but I don't think my husband is going to come and tell me that he wants to get rid of his things. <laughs> you know, if, if you look, you might, just, you never know. <laughs> he might, he's, he's, he is happy that I'm organizing and getting things out of the house, but it's not something that he would be thinking about, you know, oh my goodness, uh, you know, I need to do this. So I would say my market is probably women, you know, um, I think card readings, I would love to have men too, you know, I mean, everybody, but it's really, for me, it's just a digital niche right now and, um, and seeing where that takes me. We'll be back with more right after this break. You know, this is an important part because how long have you been in the 21 day challenge at this point? Like how long is, Uh, I'm almost finished with it. I have about a couple more sessions in there. Have you gone through the process of figuring out your adjective, adjective, noun, verb? Has that been something you've addressed yet? Not yet. No. Okay. So I think that's, I want everyone listening to understand too, is like, first of all, congratulations to you, because I think this is the first podcast you've ever done first interview yes. you've ever done <laughs> yeah, first I've time done you've ever it, talked yeah. about this publicly so like I think everybody just needs to like be in awe of that because you're doing an amazing job and the next kind of turning of this discovery mm-hmm. for you if I can give you a little bit of coaching with your permission absolutely I would love to always yeah, is is to start right really down. trying to figure out what that niche is going to be because at the beginning of this conversation, I thought you were an animal communicator and then you corrected me and you're like, okay, no, I'm an animal healer. Then now I'm hearing about clutter clearing being the first part of it. So I'm even uncertain about how it is somebody would work with you or who would work with you, which is not a problem. This is an opportunity to learn and to clarify. Like this is absolutely a beautiful Uh moment for you is to like really say to yourself, okay, I know that I can do all of these things. I have this whole sphere of modalities that I can tap into. But what is the one that's going to be the most easy to understand and the most relevant as it pertains to, like you were talking about, what's hot right now? So how do you take all of the stuff that you're passionate about doing and kind of squeeze it into an experience that's uniquely yours and it's based mm-hmm. around your story and it's based around you know the, the experiences you've had and the modalities you've learned or the certifications you hold, but that it's easy enough for somebody to understand immediately and say, yep, I want to work with her. How would you start to even begin to explain like what it is you want to create for people, the experience that you want to draw people into? Correct. And I, I'm sorry if I, if I, no, there's no apologies. That's a little bit of my, the history of getting back into the metaphysical. So I have pared it down and, you know, I'm doing, it's called clutter source. 
Okay. And I am focused on um, clutter clearing, space clearing, and the energy of our homes and uh, mindfulness and, and putting it all into that area of clutter because it's not just uh, physical, it's mental, it's even our websites can get cluttered, mm -hmm. you know, with too many things. So my focus really is on clutter, uh, tips on clearing emotional, mental, and physical clutter. That's okay. my, that's now I aim. totally get it. Now I totally get it. Like I'm sold, <laughs> right? So I yes. completely understand where you're coming from. So you're taking a bunch of stuff that you've already done before and you're yes. applying it through the lens of clutter and we're not limiting it to the physical clutter that's in our spaces. It's the emotional, the mental, the spiritual, Correct. you know, removing all of those things that are not, not supporting us and, you know, not allowing the space that we're in to thrive or have energy flowing through or however it occurs to the, that person. Correct. Now I understand. Yes, so. yes, yes. I apologize if I didn't say that. Uh, it was really my story in the beginning of how I got back into, and that's probably a mistake. I probably shouldn't uh, say that. But yes, it is uh, very narrowed down at this point to clutter. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so you know you know exactly the direction that you're going in. At first, mm -hmm. when I was like, oh, okay, maybe she's still deciding. <laughs> no, you already know. And yes. here's the thing again. Uh, thank you so much for trusting this bubble and the audience of people yeah. are going to listen to it because you absolutely are teaching as you're doing this. I don't know if you realize mm -hmm. that, that you're helping people realize how they communicate about what they want to be doing Correct. or what they want to create is that it has to all happen at the front, right? It has um, to be this thing yes. that's like muscle memory, right? Of you to be able, you know, for to come onto an interview and for me to say, okay, well, what's right mm -hmm. in front of you? And you're like, well... I'm a this, 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 who does this for this kind of thing. Um, so what's right in front of me mm -hmm. is getting the word out about what I do and, and what I can create for people. You know, that's a great way for you to approach all of your podcasts, all of the YouTube videos that mm -hmm. you're doing. Cause I hear that's like strongly, that's where you want to be existing first yeah. is that it's your responsibility to immediately put that at the front of everything that you do so that the people listening and viewing it can make a decision of whether or not this topic interests them, you know, mm -hmm. because I think that's going to be a big point of it, of you growing a following and you growing an audience is like, okay, she's going to give me tips where I can declutter my physical space. Okay. Now she's giving me tips on decluttering my emotional space. Okay. Now she's giving me tips on decluttering my you know, uh, relationship yeah. space. Now I'm getting tips on this and it makes it easier to understand. Again, everyone who's listening out there, it is a reality that's real that the comprehension of most people is fourth grade ish, right? Reading skills. You have to, I think, address that when you're doing things is to make it really easy to understand, really simple to access, you know, make it so that it's uh, immediately identifiable so that people can feel safe and confident to explore it, as opposed to if it's a little confusing on the front end, honestly, most people would just be like, this is too hard. I'm going to go find something else. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a huge and important breakthrough for you and everybody who's listening to be able to really clearly identify who you are and what you can do and the realms in which you want to you know, work inside of at the beginning of anything that you create and just get in the habit of doing that so that, you know, no one's ever confused when they land on your video. Nobody's ever confused yeah. when they get to your Facebook page. Everybody feels that certainty and they're like, okay, I'm in the right place. How does that sound? How does that land for you? I think that's really very true. I think in the beginning we were talking about our story. Mm. And now the question is, is when we tell our story, do we 
mesh it to fit into that area? Because I think when I was telling my story, yes, it was about animals and how I got into it, but it doesn't really fit into a clutter clearing or decluttering. So how do you use those to do tell your story or how, how would you go about doing that in your story? So it's exactly that. So when you start crafting your story and your journey, right, this mm-hmm. is like your, your, um, what do we refer to it as? It's like your origin story almost, mm-hmm. right? If you were a comic book hero. <laughs> so it's like the origin story of how you got to where you are and what, why you're doing what you do. Right. So for me, when I tell my story, a lot of it's based around the initial doubts of what it would be like to work inside the spiritual industry and like mm-hmm. asking for a sign and getting one and then mm-hmm. further stepping into this role of becoming a coach and a guide for other people who want to do this who are feeling alone because I know what it likes to feel what it feels like to be alone and I don't want anyone else to feel the same way right so mm-hmm. that's part of my origin story and it's all true um but I kind of tell it in a way that supports this concept of I want everyone to feel supported. And that's like a true statement. I'm being fully vulnerable and honest. Like mm-hmm. it sucks when you have to be alone in this journey and sitting in a room by yourself in front of a computer and mm-hmm. thinking, okay, well, how am I going to go out there and and do this thing or make a difference in people's lives? I don't even know where to begin. That's not a fun feeling. So if mm-hmm. I can remove that feeling for people and create the possibility and opportunity and the, and the motivation to get them there, then I feel like I'm satisfied with mm-hmm. my life purpose and I've done my job. So for you, when you are beginning these things and you're telling the story, whatever the points would be that get you to the point where you realize that clutter and decluttering and creating energetic space and allowing energy to flow in a physical space and an emotional space, how they're all connected, Mm -hmm. all of those points along the way of you trying it, discovering it, trying it, learning about it, you know, growing your skills, Mm -hmm. testing it out you know, how it affected, you know, what, what changes you immediately noticed, how other people realized the change in you, all of those kind of pieces of it can be part of that origin story to say. And so now, you know, seven years later, I am, I'm a certified clutter coach. I help people remove clutter from their physical space, their emotional space, their mental space, Mm -hmm. so that they can have a life that they love and they can thrive and they can shine out into the world. If that, for example, was how you wanted to do it, that would be a really empowering way Mm -hmm. to say, okay, well, she started where I am now and she was able to get to a place where everything's awesome. And she's, you know, using all of these things to create a lifestyle. So that's something that I could aspire towards. So it kind of gives them that a little bit of like a, a, a visualization of where they could go with their lives based on your story. Like everybody relates to it as though when you're telling your story, they're relating it to their own life a little bit. And so they can imagine themselves with you or in your shoes that entire way through. And then you've already got them on board. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's not easy creating your own story to make it empowering <laughs> to people. You know, it's not, it's a, it's definitely a rewrite and rewrite, you know, so it's definitely a work in progress. <laughs> well, but you also have to kind of go, It's. It, I remember having to go back and think about like the, the way I felt in those moments. So like in that moment at Hay House, sitting at the desk and being really nervous about launching this course with a psychic medium, I remember like I was sweating and my stomach hurt and I couldn't see straight because I was just so anxious about this thing. And so it took me being able to kind of try to capture that feeling of that uncertainty and then the resolution of the certainty of getting it. You know, it's cinematic in that way, but it's exactly how it happened. I, you know, I would never encourage anybody to like fudge their origin story. I really, it has to be based in reality. 
so that you can really take people on that journey instead of having to like manufacture something. So maybe I'll ask you this. This is a good kind of exercise. Mm -hmm. When did you in your life before you started doing this have a moment where clutter, whether it was emotional, physical, or spiritual was negatively affecting your life in identifiable ways? It was probably last year and this year I, I would come down. I work from home. I, and I just would come down and I would look at my kitchen and I would just put me in a bad mood and say, oh my goodness, uh, I don't know what to do with all of this stuff. And I would sit at my, you know, frustrated working. I'm like, oh, this, all this stuff is all over the place. And then Denise Lynn actually had her clutter clearing class. And it's you know, always been my, um, yeah, Denise is my favorite teacher. I take all her classes. <laughs> And uh, she had the class and uh, I was already taking an organization class for work, part of my project. And I started clearing out stuff and organizing and putting it away. And I would come down every morning. I'm like, oh, I feel so much better. It's like clean and, and I don't have to worry. So that's when I realized, you know, it, even, you know, being in this, you know, energy work and all of this it's not just about doing it but it's also our surroundings if our surroundings are all cluttered and our minds are cluttered then we can't really focus and that's when I was really starting to get interested in clutter and plus my in-laws um, and, and other friends parents are, are moving and they have a big house and a lot of things that have to you know find new homes for as I call it and I realized that it is something I'm very interested in and antiques and, and interior decorating. So I realized that maybe that's the area I should be focusing on and um, not necessarily all the other things. And that's when I kind of said, you know what, I'm going to focus my attention in that area because it does make me feel a lot better. Not being a minimalist, I'm certainly not a minimalist myself. You know, I'm not advocating that people just get rid of all the things, but, <laughs> you know. I'm a messy person, but you can have a messy organized spaces and, um, but it does help. It really, it really, to me, for me, it helps having something a little bit organized. Yeah. That's a great start to your hero's journey, your origin story, <laughs> because when, and what you did really great was, is you talked about the feeling it created to be inside yes. of that mess and then to, to start cleaning it up. And I think the part, the breakthrough moment, if we want to call it that for you, is the synchronicity of taking Denise's class at the same time as getting like a more corporate organization thing. Is that, is that, did I get that right? That you Yeah. Like so wellness in, and corporations are really a big thing at this point. And I'm like, mm -hmm. why is, why is no one ever talking about organizing uh, or, or like clutter clearing or anything, you know, because everybody works from home now and, you know, everybody has kids and dogs and, you know, family members living there. No one's talking about any of that stuff. So my coworker and I took an organization class. It's called Clutterbug. I really recommend Cass. She also talked a lot about the marketing, actually. It was quite interesting. So we took her class. It was all online, of course. She had a very simple technique of organizing. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, it's okay to be messy. You know, it's okay to be this, but we can have systems in place to help us. And that's when I started really realizing that, you know, it does really help. 
again, in my marketing mind, what I'm hearing is, is you took like a very woo woo spiritual clutter clearing yes. experience <laughs> yes, and you exactly. merged it with like a very practical clutter yes, clearing experience exactly. and created something entirely new in the process. And, you know, the, the, the part of the, the story that I would, I would work on mm-hmm. next is the positive benefits of after you discovered this blending and you tried it mm-hmm. out and it worked and it made a big difference and you started to feel lighter you know, to me, I'm I'm wondering if that grumpiness that you were experiencing from the cluttery space was bleeding into your relationships at work or to your relationships with family, or it was just kind of making you like not necessarily behave a way that you would normally if it was affecting you on a lot of levels. And you realized that, that the, if you continued down that road, that it would lead you toward, you know, frustration or misery or, or pain or whatever it would be you know, if you were continued on that road, and then now all of a sudden, you're realizing there's another way. So the turning point would be, I started to apply this in a bigger way, Mm -hmm. and people started to notice the difference, right? You know, I would show up for meetings, and I would be in a better mood, I found that I had more energy, and you kind of got to feel back and and look through it on your own. I don't know if you journal or anything like that. But there may be some clues that are in those journals, or, you know, at the time, if you remember anything specific about the way that you felt, those are all things that you could pull into the story to give it that turning point, right? So okay. we start out with identifying what the problem is. Then we move on to, mm. um, you know, trying things and then discovering this course, then trying out what you learned in the course and kind of merging those together, finding success and feeling a different way. And then other people noticing that you are feeling a different way and then realizing that this process works and then saying, okay, well, I spent, you know, two years learning how to do all of this. And now I want to share it with you so that you can create gently, safely, happily create these spaces that are free of clutter, create an emotional you know, body that's free of clutter, a mental body that's free of clutter, and all of the skills and 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 processes therein. I mean, to me, that's a really beautiful story that would captivate people because we've all felt that way. I mean, I remember early on in the pandemic, <laughs> all I did was focus on like the square around my Zoom screen, and it looked like an episode of Hoarders on either <laughs> side of it. You know what I mean? So, and I would tell people, I would fully like expose myself and be like, if you were to look one inch in that direction or one inch in that direction, you would be horrified but i was able to clear out like this bubble to do the work you know everyone was laughing about that but the reality is is you know a lot of us function that way so if that's like normal or maybe even we want to call that crisis how do we get out of crisis and into normal and be comfortable with normal in the sense of or neutral is probably a better word Mm -hmm. to like get to a point where it's functional and it's working and we're enjoying it and then from there go to extraordinary. So I think your story could match some of those beats. And then again, immediately people would get it and they would say, wow, that sounds so great. I would love to explore that. I love the idea of merging this like corporate thing with like a woo-woo thing and putting it together and feeling really good about clutter clearing instead of like forcing myself to do it or dragging myself through it or sitting around on my couch and visualizing the energy of the things leaving. So it's easier for me to do, you know, like all of those things don't seem effective, but merging the two together created better results. And maybe that's a good way to kind of language it. Absolutely. Yes. I, uh, I definitely appreciate the help. I've never really had any coaching. So this is a wonderful help in building a story. I think this is great. And I have a lot to learn, you know, in, in this whole business area. And um, so I definitely appreciate that. And you just opened my mind to think, oh, wow. Yeah. I do have to change my story a little bit. That makes sense. 
absolutely just making makes it sense. easy to understand, just making yes. it easy for everybody to be able to access it. And, you know, congratulations to you again. I want to keep pointing out for anybody that's listening and watching. This is your very first interview podcast mm-hmm. interview. This is your very first opportunity to kind of share this and, and, and talk to people about it before you start doing it in a big way. And, you know, I'd really recommend that you go back and listen to this when it airs and go back and listen to what you said in the story and help have that help you as you continue to craft that origin story and how you talk about what you're doing and how you can help people Mm -hmm. because it's only going to make it more strong and more effective and more confident. And the more you have all of those elements, the more people are going to believe that this is the solution for them or be attracted to it or whatever it is. So this is a big breakthrough. I'm really excited for you. (laughs) Well, thank you. I definitely appreciate that. And now I'm like thinking, oh my goodness, yes, my story in the beginning really was a little bit uh, mumble fumble and, and all over the place. So now it makes total, total sense. I love that. It's a teaching moment. So now you're <laughs> yeah, already absolutely. a teacher. Absolutely. It's my aha <laughs> moment, right? <laughs> so tell me right now, like if where do you where do people go to find out? Because this podcast is going to air, like you've got a couple of months, I think, before this is going to go out. But sure. where would people go to find out about you and your work? Absolutely. Yep. So I have a blog set up. It's called www.cluttersource.com. And um, I blog as much as I can and just about the different topics of clutter and energy. And that's currently um, where I'm at. And who knows, hopefully I can get on um, YouTube or or, um, uh, podcasting. I haven't decided what I'm exactly good at. So what my knack is. So, but yes, you can come and uh, this. And I'm also going to be on um, Facebook. I'll have a Facebook page that I'm uh, drafting up at this present moment. So you can find me there too. Awesome. And my other little tidbit of advice, if you haven't gotten it already, is to get nataliemoskovitz.com. So you've got your first name, last name.com for the website. So that's that's something I would really recommend getting just to hold on to in case you want to use it later. But cluttersource.com is the website. Yes. And you'll if you look at it, look it up on Facebook, it should be clutter source as well. Yes, absolutely. It's called ClutterSource.com is where you're going. And Natalie Moskovitz, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And thank you for just trusting us enough to like do this big first thing and to like go through this learning experience and just be open to the coaching. It's just incredible to see somebody at the beginning part of the journey and so bravely moving forward and just trying to see what happens, which is a great lesson inside all of this is just try it out, see what happens, be safe and gentle with yourself, you know, through the whole thing. Well, thank you. Hopefully I did a a decent job for my first time. I've never really done a podcast. so (laughs) You did an amazing job. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast with me, the Mooniverse, and another spiritual entrepreneur that's making a big difference in the world. To find out more, visit www.themooniverse.com. That's T-H-E-M-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-E.com. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.